Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Lucifer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Streaming in Place. Today, we are closing out week nine with Lucifer, season three, episode 12, all about her. And again, there's a few places we could start today, but you know we're going to start with Undercover Dan. And the fact that Undercover Dan is actually, like, it looks like it's going to be an Undercover Chloe situation at first, but he does pretty good, I got to say. He kills it. Yeah. He's, he does great. He does great. His instincts are right. He's very good at pissing people off. Like, <laughs> big wins all around for, for Dan. Yeah. And I think, like, even the idea of, like, doing a sting operation as a surfer is really smart because no one's going to talk. No one's going to suspect that GoPro being wired to a police van because everyone's got GoPros now. So... Yeah, no, it's really good. And as Marcus points out, improvising a eulogy was also really great. Like, it was very vague and nondescript, but he figured out a way to make it work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was very solid. But we still did get a little undercover Chloe. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the the <laughs> That's my annoying sponsor. It's good. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know, Kevin Alejandro likes to surf and... So I'm sure they were, they found that out and were very excited to write it in for, for Dan. And, uh, I was trying to get gauge from the shots, how much of that was him and how much was a stunt person. Um, it looks like there was a, at least quite a bit of actual him. So, but it was nice to really see some surfing scenes and yeah, that improvised eulogy wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And, like, it's not the kind of thing that they're going to look back on, like, remember back about their, like, moment that they had for their friend and be like, and then there was that, that cop who was, like, interfering in our celebration of our friend's life, you know, I think he pulled it off. So on the scale of various undercover moments that we've seen, I think uh, this is probably the the smoothest or the best right and this is maybe the most effective we've seen undercover chloe be even if yeah. it's just for one scene well she didn't she didn't have very long to actually screw up right yeah, yeah. um because lucifer blew her cover pretty quick like pretty mm. darn quick i forgot yeah. um, that he used her like detective police photo. like it her, was very like, funny oh my gosh like i it, i the just remember detective. the name of Chloe the detective decker and thinking you know that was uh <laughs> that was not a great call and i forgot that he had actually used this the picture yeah, the photo is uh, really good marcus says chloe fangirl a season was good too and yeah that was good but i i think that was like a last minute thing this was going in with an intent and like doing a good job which is not what we usually see from her yeah, I I was going to mention Chloe fangirling too because I think what that moment and Dan's triumph have in common <laughs> is that they both um took in the information or challenges they were presented with and rolled with them in a way that actually ended up being pretty successful. Um as opposed to like oh hey, I love prosecco and I'm rubbing an olive all over my face. Like it was they were both they used their brains. Yeah. And their charm was good. <laughs> well, those improv classes are paying off, right? Yeah. I was glad when that surfer didn't ask 
Chloe any actual surfer lingo because he's tossing out a lot there. And I'm just waiting for Chloe to say something incorrect in response. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, like, the, they sidestep it and get by okay, but then Chloe just falls into cop mode before her cover is blown. Um, and then it's blown, and it's like, oh, too obvious. <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely. Uh, it was it was a fun set piece. I think, I, for me, it was one of the more enjoyable cases of the week. What did you guys think of the solution or the, the answer? Oh, I love that the Karen did it. Yeah. Like, it was great. I mean, it was not surprising, although I think the show did a pretty good job sleight of hand wise and kind of making me forget because I was like oh very obviously it's these privileged assholes and then I just sort of forgot that they were there um so a little bit better job of playing the um shell game than Lucifer usually does Uh, I really enjoyed the um very Sherlockian let's all talk about the solution together moment that Lucifer and Chloe had before Lucifer ran off um so yeah, usually I don't come away from an episode thinking, you know what part I liked best? The case of the week. But you know what part I liked best? <laughs> case of the week. How dare Unusual. there's all this chlamydia talk. <laughs> That's a hell of a transition, though. The continued um, insistence on Amenadiel's part that he didn't realize she was a prostitute at the time um, is delightful and really fun and certainly a much better delivery of the same beat than uh, we got on West Wing season one. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but the, I think my favorite bit was the spit take from Dr. Linda. I'm not always one for a spit take, but that was pretty great. Oh, and it would have been painful too. white wine through the nose. Ow. Yeah. Unpleasant. That, that would suck. Where are you guys at with the Dr. Linda Menadiel maze drama right now? I'm so excited for it to just keep going. Like, May's just digging that knife into that that table. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so good. This is going to be the best thing. She's just going to torture them both in so many ways. And I can't wait. But also, she just gave Dr. Linda the world's best knife. Like, the best knife as a gift. And it's just like, there's no better gift that Maze can give someone than a really good knife like that's when you know you're in so it's just I, she's just gonna destroy both of them and i'm very here for it allison oh um let me reach for the bar cart i'm not uh i'm not so into it um i'm interested i will say i agree with noel that i'm interested in what this says about maze like i'm interested in the maze storyline where maze has to contend with not getting what she wants in a way that doesn't involve violence if she wants it to be healthy right like the i guess it like the balance between maze the demon and maze the person who's living a human life now um that i'm interested in but i just like i just don't I'm not, I'm not into that relationship. Like when Linda was trying to end it, I was like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I like, I, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't get it. I don't totally buy that Linda wouldn't talk to Maze about how she feels in the situation either. Like she wouldn't say like, okay, well, I understand why you feel that way, but here's how I feel. And trying to be really clear and honest because that seems like the Linda thing to do. And also it's the more healthy thing to do. Um, But I also just like, I don't like when they were smooching over the table, I was like, I like, I liked the spit take. I liked a Menadiel 
being kind of an asshole about maybe having chlamydia, but I just don't really, I'm not invested in them as a romantic pairing at all. Yeah, and I'm not either. I'm more interested in like what this stirs up through misunderstanding, um, which I think is where they're kind of hopefully veering. Because no, like I do agree with Scotty um, and you, Allison, because you both hit on similar points that Scotty thinks that this is super out of character for Linda. Like Linda's boundaries, honesty, and self-protection have been so good in this whole, yeah, no, I'm not sleeping with him, him being a menadeal, is out of character for her. I think she would be honest and teach Maze that sometimes humans fall in love with people we don't want them to fall in love with, but it's their life and we have to let them. And I think those are all really good lessons. But I also think that Linda's still very much in a space of, I'm friends with demons and celestials and Maze still kind of scares me. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, she would scare me too. I'm, I'm so very with Allison on this one. I'm, I'm glad that you like it, Noel. I'm glad you're optimistic about what is, what it could be, and you're having fun with it. And that is probably gonna make me like it more. Yeah, I hope that's gonna make me like it more <laughs> through you liking it because I, I. But you've already seen it, so you're. I think know it's you don't really like stupid. It. Yeah, but <laughs> then at least I can appreciate. Hopefully, I can appreciate you. Enjoying this storyline. Man, um, this season's going to be nothing but me enjoying the things everyone else hates. And I'm just, I'm just, I need to accept and internalize this. Thank you for <laughs> for volunteering as tribute. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I I can't second hard enough everything you said, Elson. I just don't care about Amenadiel and Linda. Like, at where, like, what we've seen so far. Like, this dynamic, I just don't get it. I don't feel it. I don't see it. Um, it, they don't feel like a romantic couple to me. And, um, so it's very, uh, it, no, it's not, it, it's like the Eleanor and Chidi thing on The Good Place, but that I got the, their chemistry a little bit more. Here, it just feels like, no, you're buds. Um, so I, th- I think that Amenadiel and Mace have better chemistry than Amenadiel and Linda. <sighs> and so I just don't. Although I mean, Mace does have chemistry with everyone yeah I mean, yeah yeah so so we'll see uh and this guy says that's what i said um so i think it, part of this is of course that if dr linda doesn't feel like she can talk to maze maze doesn't really have other friends like maybe no. chloe is a source of like some of this wisdom that she could get like hopefully she will talk to chloe i don't really remember i this part of the season, or like the the arc, the various arcs that come up, come and go throughout the season. This one, I don't really remember much about it. So hopefully, she talks to either Trixie or Chloe. I think could give good <laughs> advice on this. I think Trixie, Trixie would give, give great very advice. good advice. Yeah. I will say in this episode, it's Maze who calls Chloe out in a, yes. like a healthy, grounded way. So maybe it's time for Chloe to return the favor because I really loved. It's a really small beat, but when Maze says, "Oh, is this that thing where humans that humans do where you're mad about something else and you're taking it out on me?" Like non-judgmentally, just like acknowledging the reality of what was happening. I mean, first of all, don't throw knives at the wall maze she's not wrong to be grumpy about it um but covering it with alien drawings excellent solution yeah and i think also there's just maze being so thrilled that she picked up on the social cue and was correct yeah and just went i know i i know this one i know this one (laughs) i recognize that reference i like that she's supporting young artists and paying trixie to do it (laughs) Not just asking her to draw stuff. She's like, she's got to earn money somehow. Uh, I was like, God, look at you. She's gonna, 
Trixie is going to be able to pay for college all by herself based solely on the money that she's getting from Maze and Lucifer and Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's smart. She's got uh, yeah. She she has learned that very well from her parents, but also from Lucifer, and also I think we can agree from from Grandma too. So oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Anyways, um, okay, let's talk then about the the bland side of things. Um, what did you guys think about? We get, we got some more information. We got some answers here about what's going on with Kane and what was going on with the Sinner Man. Um, how did that all land for you guys? Um. And thanks for tuning in to Streaming in Place. We'll be back tomorrow with Season 3, Episode Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I we're doing like... a Saturday show? God damn no. it, no um, <laughs> It was the bit. I just needed to do the bit. Um, uh-huh. I uh, don't care. Um, I just, I sat down, you know, with my lunch here. I was like, oh, great. One of the highlights of my day. I get to talk about Lucifer with my buds. Uh, what happened in this episode? And then I was like, surfing. And then maze. And that's about all I got, because I just don't care. Which is not true. I think that there, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but there is, because the Lucifer end of things is a very familiar Lucifer-y plot, but I, well executed and fun, and I had a good time. Um, but man, they made, they really made us sit through that whole 42 minutes just to get to, I want to die. Like, like, why do we have a whole, oh, he's moving, let's get him to stay, let's rally around our new pal storyline? Like, why? Is it just to fill time? They're just trying to stretch out this mystery? It, it felt like such a waste of time. Why didn't Lucifer whammy him immediately? Immediately! Because, it, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. No? I very much agree with Allison in that this is really poorly structured the I want to die thing should have been pretty much right at the top. Um, And then we proceed from there. But they want to end on this note of making a deal with the devil as opposed to, like, everything else. Um, But it's a bad decision because it just results in a lot of wheel spinning. Um, And then you get the whole thing about him leaving, and I absolutely agree, it doesn't make any sense that like everyone's sad about it and it's just like you barely know him yeah no he's been here for like a month i I don't i don't feel like this is a thing um so this let's just take a second here because this is gonna feel strange i'm gonna defend the sinner man and kane storyline here for a second because i think it does make sense for some of them. And the main people we see reacting this way are Lucifer and, you know, that makes sense with all the other stuff going on. Um, but but really it's Chloe and it's Ella. And do th- do not think we are ending this episode without talking about Charlotte motherfucking Richards and that cup of coffee. Because it was amazing. But Ella's got her own thing. But with Chloe, this, this guy saved her life, like, last week. And she has experience with shootings in the in in like the course of your work and obviously she he she lost her father uh to to gun violence and theory you know she all she knows about him is that that his brother was killed you know and and so like there are things that i think make it make sense that chloe is trying to be there for him and be a be as someone that he can go turn to for support and that also she would be like 
okay, so you were just involved in an officer-involved shooting. Maybe now is not the time to make, like, big life changes. Like, I think that actually tracks, but the tone of the episode is completely off, because in the same episode that they're trying to get us to, like, be on board with this, oh, no, we hope he doesn't leave thing, is also the episode that tells, oh, remember how you guys, like, we tried to engender goodwill by having him heroically push Chloe out of the way of a gun blast? No, he set that up to happen so that she would be actively put in danger. Um, So, (laughs) you don't get to do both in the same episode. (laughs) Yeah. I, Kate, your argument is really sound. The problem is that, like, you're describing the context that should be present and palpable, yes. but they've invested so little actual, it's not even time, but like actual substance in that relationship that while all the things you're saying are true, I d- not only do I not really care about them, I don't actually buy that Chloe cares about them. Like I don't, there isn't a ton of weight to those scenes. There's more, there is more weight. There's more gravity to the Ella Charlotte relationship significantly more than there is to Lieutenant Blandon anyone. And Chloe obviously is the one that comes closest, but yeah, I just, I feel like you're absolutely right that tonally there's an issue and all of the things you're saying are true. And I wish they had mattered because they just, I and I don't know how much of it is the writing. I don't know how much is the performance. I just find it really bewildering. Um, I want to really quick. Scotty says, I can't believe the whole, she's not going to have questions this time. I can't believe the whole Cinnamon thing has apparently ended up being my protege went rogue and committed a lot of murders. And his whole thing is just, I want to die. Uh, Marcus rightly says, wouldn't it be great if he actually did just leave and they pivot to something completely different for the remainder of the season? Uh, Yes. And yes, yes, I agree with both of you. So I I agree with Allison's response to you, Kate, and I apologize. It's okay. No, it's okay. It felt it felt wrong defending. Yeah, because I, I really don't care about it. But that being said, like I'm still I'm still like more interested in the Kane storyline than I think either of you like actively are. Um, because like on the one hand, I'm very excited because my person also teased this, but I'm also very excited for just a whole. Well, let's see if I can kill you montage of Lucifer trying to kill Cain over and over again. And I, 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 I kind of want to watch that. Um, but th- I'm also still intrigued by this concept of a not unkillable and also not immortal because he dies. He just comes back. Um, and I don't know quite like the right word for that um, man who's been walking the earth for 6,000 years or however long and has read Moby Dick six times. That's why I had six in my brain. Um, and I think that there's something really that you can dig into there about that, like the sadness and the depression and like the weight of that. I don't expect the show to do that, but I keep, I'm trying to give the show the space to maybe surprise me. Um, I don't think that they're going to. Um, but I want them to, because I think that there's a lot of stuff to dig into about like having lived forever and also being someone who committed the first cardinal sin, the second cardinal sin, basically within terms of, um, Christian Judeo Christian theology. Scotty says, I just wish the Kane storyline was the story they'd been telling, not this whole yes. convoluted rogue protege murder thing. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. And the, yeah. um, like, 
yeah, the, everything you're saying, Noel, is very interesting. And it's like, show, yeah. why aren't you doing that? <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is why show should hire me as like a story editor, but not as a writer, <laughs> because I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> I mean, what Noel, the the Kane story as they're telling it here is also sort of the Prometheus story in a sense, right? right. Where like yeah. his torment is to live with this pain forever, only instead of a crow eating its liver is that he's just walking the earth and every yeah. time he dies he comes right back and that does sound like hell, hell. i mean hell, hell on it's earth right hell, sort of yeah of course he wants to die that is so much more interesting than mysterious figure kidnapped me and then i got wings and then my devil... By the way, why can't I just call it his face or his true face? Every time Tom Ellis says, devil face, very seriously, I have... Like, I really... It's a it's a leap that I have a hard time making every time. Because devil face is not a particularly serious term. Um, no, anyway, it's, it's, it's so convoluted. It feels like such filler. And is fil- now we know is filler, right? The Cinderman thing matters basically zero. The whole point of this story is he moved here so that he could be around Chloe so that he could die. And he kidnapped Lucifer so that Lucifer would be out of the way so that he could die. Although I will say, couldn't he have just been like, hey, I want to book a giant party at Lux. Here is the party I'm throwing at Lux. Chloe, do you want to go out for coffee? And then just throw himself in front of a bus. Like, I feel like maybe he could make a deal with me. Uh, and I could help him do this in a slightly less convoluted way. I'm not sure he needs to make it this complicated. Or, you know, just like take some poison in his tea while yeah. he's sitting at work. Yeah. You know. That's a very good point. Or like he's surrounded by weapons. Right. They work in the same office. He could and he doesn't care what people think of him. He could go. I don't want to be flippant about self-harm in yeah. any way, but yeah. it, it's very the, the if the goal is to no longer exist and the ingredient necessary to make that happen is Chloe Decker. There are lots of ways, lots of ways to make that happen. Yeah. And I actually have an answer to one of the things you're wondering about, but I can't say because spoilers. Okay. So some of the things that you guys are wondering about, there are actually are reasons for whether or not you guys are like, whether they are satisfying or they they make sense. That's the conversation we will have later in this season. Um, But yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about Charlotte Richards and let's talk about that epic coffee pour because I, I like, we've been sort of on the fence about the Charlotte and Ella thing, but for me, worth it just to watch her dress down Kane and like yeah. that little moment that they give him of like oh I don't doubt it you're like awesome kind of a thing it's like no you don't get that you don't get to like be aware and like appreciate how how awesome she's being in this moment because you're not good enough for that just like <laughs> five shut up and ten is talking <laughs> yes I think the moment's great and I, I, but then it's undercut for me by knowing that that coffee is terrible. So it's not a huge loss. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it still works because it looked like it was the last of the coffee, which means he has to make more, which yeah, everyone sure. knows is absolutely drawing the short straw in a shared office setting. So I guess like, um, like I, I, I always just made tea because I don't drink coffee. So screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
It, it is. It's a very minor pain in the ass that you do your very best to avoid. Um, and then always do, if you're not an asshole, you always then make Yeah, and the that's the thing is, like, the one time I've worked in, like, an office environment that had, like, that kind of stuff, I was always the person refilling, like, the water pitcher, restocking, like, cans into the fridge for, like, the LaCroix, even though I don't drink the LaCroix, <laughs> um, and all this stuff. I did that stuff anyway because I like doing it. So even though I didn't drink coffee, I would actually probably still make a fresh pot, but I... I and I would do it happily because I know people need coffee, but also coffee's gross. <laughs> See, this makes me think of two of my favorite office redheads. First um, is uh, Paula Proctor, who gets very mad about the ice trays and says, what man did this? Oh, um, yeah. Not Noel. No, not me. man <laughs> did this? Um, but also... Pivoting back to Charlotte and not the coffee, um, the it what it reminded me of was like an epic Joan Harris takedown, yes. uh, only yeah, in the right direction, right? Like she's not, it's not aimed at Peggy, it's not aimed at well, it's it's well, it's like she's aiming it at one of the men on Mad Men, uh, only inst- instead it's one of the men here. It was very um, like perfectly correct and mean in a like a dignified way unrestrained but control just great i loved i loved that scene and i loved her advice to ella um i just good good episode for old charlotte richards (laughs) Uh, scotty says i have an ice tray shaped pin that says what man did this and scotty nice I need that's one nice. of those. That's, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, do we have any final thoughts about this episode? Any questions? Any like things we're wondering about at this point? I was proud of Chloe for continuing to underline that maybe Lucifer was being selfish and a jackass, but yeah. really appreciated. Well, no, this case is important to you, so it's important to me because we're partners. Like that felt really uh, natural and earned, and it doesn't mean that he's not also a jackass, but like. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that. I mean, he just ruined her desk. I know. Don't ever reorganize someone's desk without their permission. Holy crap. Um, the oh. filing system, very funny, but wildly inappropriate. The the right angles. Like, oh, you're ruining all my right angles. I was like, I... Yeah. It, it me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scotty says, uh, Chloe's whole vibe, drinking Prosecco on the beach in cute flats and a great blouse and glasses was enviable. Definitely. She looked great. She was like, yeah. feeling it. It was great. This is an undercover operation I can get behind. Oh, yeah. Chloe realized. Oh, her fanning herself with that sign was just, like, so beautifully good. petty. It was well, very good. Well, and making the table out of the other one, like, really, the pettiness. Yeah. This was a, There was a lot of really satisfying pettiness in this episode. Yeah. Marcus says, I wish they still had Azrael's blade, because I think that could solve the whole kill Kane thing. Yes. Yeah, it <laughs> Definitely. could. Too bad that... They tossed it into another universe that technically doesn't exist anymore because of the crossover. I don't know. I don't I, understand I, anything. <laughs> I, I hope that they are going to at least stab him with Maze's blades because yeah, Maze's sure. blades kill angels. So yeah. you'd think they, it's at least worth trying. And then yeah. maybe we'll get another like little leaf off of a tree. <laughs> moment so um i had something but now it's gone i can't remember what it was i really did like ella's shirt that saturn 
thing was really, really good. Oh, oh, you got it? I do. I don't like the episode title. It should have been Detective Day. That's what this episode should have been called, is Detective Day, and not all about her. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Chloe Detective Decker. Chloe, De- Chloe the Detective Decker, yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Either I of them more interesting. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be back for week 10, and we're going to be talking about uh, season three, episode 13, Till Death Do Us Part. So, theories? I'm guessing something really bad happens at a wedding again like is another zombie wedding gets ruined um i was also thinking about weddings but that's because the legends rewatch yesterday reached the end of crisis on earth x which means that scotty here got to witness um the i mean i was trying to come up with a word that isn't fuckery but i'm just gonna say fuckery that is felicity and oliver hijacking barry and iris i I still get angry about that (laughs) i'm still like it's been three years i'm still actively angry about them just being like nope it's our day now fuck you two no yep no yep yep also you have a child maybe your child wants to be at your wedding details just a theory just a theory um yeah as someone who has played in a lot of weddings um in in movies and books like the double wedding thing is always put forward as really charming and lovely and it is in pride and prejudice where it was planned as such yep it's that's the only one that's the exception that proves the rule the one it's fine in shakespeare because it's like the end of the play so it's fine everyone gets married that's how it does and everyone does a little dance it's fine it doesn't work here and it makes me angry still (laughs) (laughs) uh marcus says all about her as a title would work much better if it was actually referring to eve yeah Definitely. Um, And also, when you watch those shows in binge format, what do you do when you get to the crossovers? Watch all the episodes from each of the series involved? Yes. Yeah, is that what you're doing? Um, Yes, that's what we're doing, which makes it a little bit of a pain in the ass for the Netflix party. Um, But Sure. But it's worth it. Um, also, it's very fun for Keena and I to be like, by the way, Scotty, that's who this is. And then she's like, great. <laughs> I still have no idea. I'm just going to let this wash over me. Uh, I think we're actually even going to watch the next crossover, which is the one that the legends skip, just so like the in-jokes and the stuff will make sense. Yeah, Plus, it'll be more ways. satisfying when the legends then start making their, man, am I glad we missed the crossover. Like, I'm, I love those jokes. So I feel like. <laughs> those are so good. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. I love them. Anyway, yes. They just have to tell me who the people are every eight seconds. And yeah. And, but I I imagine you can actually remember better than like back in Game of Thrones, which is like, what what bearded person is this? So, like, you know, yeah, definitely super fun. Um, Okay. Well, do you guys want any information? Do you want any teases about the next episode? Do you want to go on blind? Blind, Um, please. Yeah. Okay. I look forward to our conversation about it. It's not my favorite episode or anything, but there's some fun stuff. So I look forward to your thoughts. Please text away. I assume that means there's Trixie content. I don't remember Trixie content. There may be. I don't think so. Most of the bulk of the episode is spent with two characters interacting um, that usually I'm not excited to see interact. So I'll put that. And um, in a fun context. There we go. That's nice and vague. 
So I'll leave it there. Thank you to Scotty and Marcus for hanging out in the Zoom with us today and for your thoughts. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I always appreciate you guys. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Don't Bye. crash your best friend's wedding. Yeah, don't do it. Just, why would you do Just don't. Just don't do it. <sighs> Bye. Bye.